Hello and welcome to the Maddest Touch. I'm your host Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradbury. episode of the Midas Touches. We had one of the most fantastic weeks racing last week at Cheltenham. This week we're going to first be reviewing that week's racing with Jamie Radford who came on to the podcast in an earlier episode. It's going to be really good to get Jamie's insight. He is, as he calls himself, a Cheltenham expert. Uh, we're also going to be reviewing what was not quite the day in heaven that we were hoping for George Chatterton. And we'll also be looking forward to not only the Dubai World Cup, but also the return of the flat season in Britain with the Lincoln Handicap at Doncaster, which is one of our most favourite handicaps of the year. We've got our guest on the end of the line. You may have heard from him before. You have heard from him before. (laughs) If you've listened to the podcast, it is Jamie Radford. Welcome. Thanks, Tress. Thanks for having me on. Mate, not at all. It's good to have you here. I think our listeners will probably agree with us that you are the Cheltenham expert. So no better time than now to bring you on to review what was a pretty spectacular week of racing. Charlie, do you enjoy the week? Yeah, yeah. Well, first, I just want to say I don't think Jamie took the winner when he came on last, so... He's not an expert of anything. Uh, but <laughs> well, that does still feel for really um, highlighted throughout the week. Yeah, the editor of the Geek came forth for the Grand Annual. There were there, there were some pieces. Oh, it was gutting. Yeah, yeah. Well, any no, no. no uh, I I'm joking. Obviously, Jamie's a very good judge of a horse, and uh, he's got some really good insights. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he's what he's got to say about a few horses. I think we may be able to pick a few out for you know, the other big events coming up, you know, to finish off the, the jump season. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. How we're going to do this is we're basically going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, tackle it chronologically, pick out some key points from each day, horses to watch, impressive performances, people who disappointed, horses that disappointed as well. And people, maybe. And people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be fun and entertaining. Let's start with the first race of the festival uh, on that Tuesday which we'd been building up to for mm. like, you know, months. Yeah. Uh, and that bet on Constitution Hill came good. It basically sorts your week out, doesn't it, from the start? <laughs> when you're back to 33 to 1 winner in the first race. Yeah. You can you can sort of have a, a terrible week for the rest of the week and you probably still can't even. Yeah. It, so. It's it's difficult because you kind of, your, your pocket's full and then, you know, it basically the world's an oyster and mm. you start backing these sort of 33 to 1 shots. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, after that yeah (laughs) but but jim you were saying something quite interesting the other day about um constitution hill's time figure for that race yeah um i used speed figures and constitution hill broke the clock with its performance i mean it's it's set there's a bit of debate because there were three separate times the race weirdly but it it pretty much broke the course record seven power 
Um, and it is way quicker than Altior, Duvan, Shishkin, Supremes. And the most interesting thing is that from the last to the line, Constitution Hill, who had gone a much, much quicker pace. Constitution Hill got to the last about eight lengths before Honeysuckle, six lengths before Honeysuckle. And then from the last to the line, it was 0.85 seconds quicker, which is about three lengths. So having Jeez. gone a much quicker tempo, it still beat Honeysuckle, giving it seven pounds from mm. the last to the line, but, but which that, is a joke. I mean, that's an interesting point in itself because there could potentially be a, 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 a head-to-head between those two horses. Yeah, over the Pontestown Festival. Yeah. So, I mean, what? So your money would be on Constitution Hill for that race if they do go yeah, line up? I mean, the, I mean, the mare's very professional. She jumps well. She's pretty uncomplicated. Um, but in terms of raw ability, you know, from what I've seen, of that race, um, I think Constitution Hill's definitely got the ability to beat Honeysuckle. Whether he can put it, you know, the, Honeysuckle's a very slick jumper of a hurdle, which which only comes through years of experience, but he's definitely got the engine to do it, 100. percent Yeah, awesome. Um, what a start to day one that was. Any other performances that took your eye on the Tuesday? Obviously, Honeysuckle herself was yeah. uh, was pretty impressive, winning mm. the second champion hurdle. And so great for Rachel Blackmore being able to actually celebrate with the crowd. I would say that most people would agree that was one of the moments of the week. I thought that was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. There's one point I want to touch on, and that's like, obviously, the British got off to a really good start day one. Um, and actually, for for what people were predicting before the festival, they probably did a lot better than a lot of people were expecting, right? So it was it was actually not all bad. I mean, the last day was a car crash, which we'll get onto for the, for the British. But like... Or was just a walk over the Irish more, but um, but yeah, I, you know it was quite good. So you know you got Lucinda Russell getting a winner with um Cork Rambler uh, on on the Tuesday, um, and then Nicky had a great day, didn't he? With you know a couple of first, couple of seconds, um, yeah. So yeah, the British started quite well, and our and our Presby Cup bet was was looking good for even if just for a minute, but <laughs> it was you know yeah, it was a. Uh, it- it was a piece of value that would have would look good until the Thursday night. You still look at the market and Ireland were one to 10 mm. to win, even though we were one behind. But um, yeah, I mean, it was always the writing was on the wall there. Yeah. Um, Edward Stone also notable mention seems like yeah. a seriously good two mile chaser. Um, one to watch just a proper jumper. Really? The, the Irish horses in that race uh, just couldn't really jump. Yeah, I think that's the thing about novice chasers is that you can get these horses that, you know, might be rated a bit below grade one form of the hurdles, but like long press as well, average stone. But if you can jump a fence well, it adds 20 pounds to your rating. Mm. And it was where Edward Stone was racing against a couple of five-year-olds, you know, St. Sam, Horn Collar, Riviera Littell. Um, and it, it, she's just so uncomplicated and he just he just jumps straight and, and, and well. And, 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 you know, if you're gaining two lengths, Fence. It doesn't really matter how big of an engine you have. You're not going to win. Um, and a novice chaser, that's the one thing I'd always look for is over over any hurdles form is how well they jump. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a very fair point. Um, let's leave Tuesday behind us. It was a fantastic... I have a quick mention on the mayor's hurdle. Oh, yeah? Go for it. Um, really, if you watch the race back, um, Mrs. Milner got um really badly hampered by indefatigable falling um and she ran on really well to come third only got beat i think two and a half three lengths um she's been a big eye catcher i've seen a lot of people write a couple columns about her 
be really interesting. I think next time she'd probably be one to oppose just because because it's quite like a sneaky wise guy. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. she's going to be very yeah. over bet. Um, yeah. yeah, you know she had a, she had good ground at Cheltenham, which is her conditions. Um, and I'd also quite like Stormy Island and Heaven Help Us, who both are front runners, which A at Cheltenham isn't good, and B that they took each other on. Um, you know, especially Stormy Island, who loves Punches Town, which is a much faster track. I'd probably be sweeter on next time as well. Didn't we tip both those horses? Yeah, I was I was really sweet on Heaven Help Us. I was on Stormy um, Island, <laughs> which looked good for a while, but then, you know, they kind of folded, which is understandable. It's a steep hill there. Well, Stormy Island came fourth, I think. Yeah. Or maybe fifth. It's not the win, though, is it? It's not, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the Wednesday, which was started with a fairly simple bet for punters, uh, or favourite backers, should we say, as Sir Gerhard was very impressive. It was a great decision from Willie Mullins to put Sir Gerhard there because Dysart Dynamo seemed to lose his head in the uh, Supreme and ended up falling. Obviously, a very impressive performance by Lon Press, Maybe potentially, partially, definitely because of the ground. Um, and then obviously the the big talking point was that Tiger Roll versus Delta Work in the cross country. Mm. Um, what was your, your favourite moment of that day, guys? Wait, wait, Jim, were you there, by the way? Because it was pissing it down with yeah, rain. Wednesday was pretty attritional, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the weather was horrible. Like, it was it, it was just biblical, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It wasn't great. Um, you couldn't really see a lot of umbrellas, and it, the ground looked pretty heavy ground. Yeah, yeah. That's slightly what you forget as well. Your your view is completely ruined because everyone's just got an umbrella up, so you can't see a thing. Uh, yeah, so and, and, and those ponchos as well. Yeah, yeah. Which seemed like a great idea until they rip after about five <laughs> five minutes. Um, but yeah, no. I thought I thought a a good day of racing um, overall. Obviously. The big race of the day, Shishkin against Energumen, we didn't quite get to see. Um, which was a shame also, Shakun being uh, falling as well. Uh, so that race fell to pieces slightly. But I think what you've got to say about that is Energumen is a worthy winner. Um, yeah. He put it up to Shishkin last time. Shows that he can he can mix mix with the best of them. And, and, and you know, you can't take that away from him. Um so yeah, I guess that was that was good enough. Obviously, you mentioned um, Delta Work Tiger Roll that did sort of leave a, a bit of a sour, you know, bitter taste in the mouth. Well, not for me, not for you because you bet <laughs> Delta Work. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you know, for for Tiger for the purposes of Tiger Roll, doing it for for the record books, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I there was one more I just wanted to mention on on this day. I thought well, actually, well, two more maybe. Fernambul Savola. Oh, that's huge! Yeah, a big yeah, friend yeah, yeah. of the podcast that we mentioned. Podcast. Yeah, um, the Peterborough Chase. I remember we very early up. on, and he ended up not running there. Yeah, uh, which is why I had egg on my face. <laughs> yeah, we both but did. big second place at forty to one for Venetia Williams. There, huge. you've got to think that he wouldn't have finished there if Shishkin and Shakun had completed. But <laughs> that's yeah. another thing, you know. You've got to. I suppose a result's a result, isn't it? What were your apart from being really wet? What were your thoughts on the Wednesday, Jamie? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought that the Ballymore was pretty weak race. Um, it was pretty much just a repeat of Sagarha beating Three Side Life by pretty much the same distance he did at Dublin Racing Festival. Um, I thought the RSA form was quite questionable. Uh, the fact that Guy the Mez, the main ill got pretty close, only got beat about five lengths. 
Uh, Lon Press had his conditions, had a pretty easy time and jumped well. Do you um, think, Jim, sorry, just quick, do you think Farouk Dalen would have won had he stayed on his feet? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, Davey did look quite confident, but I mean, yeah. Davey does always look quite confident. He always um, looks confident. Yeah, I, I don't know. He does like uh, soft ground. Um, I think it would have been really interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I think Lon Press probably, you know, just seems to have the run of the race out in front. Um, but yeah, I would definitely be taking on Lon Press next time. Uh, if he's got any decent opposition. I, th- I also think that Ahoy Senor was a horse that was not spoken about much. Well, he jumped badly all, all way around. But I think in terms, of, in, terms of, in terms of class, he's got a proper engine, that horse. Mm. Uh, and given a bit better ground, I think could, could, be, could be one to, uh, to, to keep on side. Could be a gold cup. Yeah. I had um, a nice play on Cam Pran than the Coral Cup because that great wood hurdle form from... Uh, November's working out really well, but sadly the ground completely went against them when it when it started raining. So that bet was kind of ripped up. But if he goes to Aintree um, and gets nicer spring spring grounds, um, his mark's been unchanged. He's still on one, uh, the same mark, one forty, uh, and he ran a huge race to come fourth. So yeah. if he runs turns out again, I would be up with him. And then finally, just in the champion chase, um, obviously Shishkin was really disappointing, and afterwards Nikki said it was to do with the ground. But Shishkin's won eight out of 11 starts on soft ground. Um, also, if, I mean, I've seen a lot of horses not like ground, but it, it doesn't normally come up after three fences. Mm. It normally, you know, they're just never really, like, they normally can go a lot further than three fences. I just think, I definitely would be on the, of the opinion that there's something more wrong with him that he didn't like the ground. Because no, there's no evidence to say that he doesn't like cutting the ground. Um, do you think he uh, he was still feeling that um, race Ascot at Ascot, race. whereas in Ergen somehow was yeah, was able to recover? Definitely, possibly. Yeah. Um, definitely, possibly. I I I don't know. I I haven't seen the horse, but I I really don't think it was to do with the ground. I think there's a physical problem with him. Yeah. And when he turns out, I mean, look, he's probably going to go off one to six and celebration chase and beat Greener team. But like, if there's anything decent the next to it, Hitman I would in third. really want, <laughs> I, I really want to be taking him on. Um, but it, look, he's probably not going to have any opposition, but we'll have yeah. to see. And John Joe Jr., who came on and tipped up the so top close. three in the champion bumper, and we had the first two, but Redemption Day was really disappointing. Rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. But then I guess had only had one start. So, you know, it's one of those ones where actually, if you do back the form in the book, you're probably not going to get it too far wrong. Um, and a great winner for Ben Pauling as well during that day yeah. with, with Global Citizen. You've got a. Yeah. You've got a. Are you connected to Ben? Yeah, I saw Ben actually afterwards. He crashed out of them. He was absolutely over the moon. Um, he quite likes to have a party afterwards, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, and interestingly, with, with those, you know, handicap chases, you know, there's there's so many sneaky ones that are always stone well in or whatever. Um, but if you can't jump. Um, in, in, in handicap hurdles at Cheltenham, there's you know the county and the coal cup and the Martin Pipe. You can be a stone well in and whip, but in these big handicap chases, you just need to be uncomplicated and go from the front and and jump well. And I, I, I was on a bitter that day, and he he oh. jumped terribly. Yeah. And it, no matter how well in you are, you you just got to be uncomplicated and jump well. And that's exactly what um that was citizen did. Um, yeah. Was prominent throughout. It was yeah, a huge winner for them. Yeah, I was on in bitter as well. Tips up on the podcast nightmare. Yeah. tough that but it was a good it was a good Wednesday and the 
rain did stop on Wednesday night and on Thursday it was uh, sunshine once again. Mm. And the one thirty was probably one of the most interesting races of the week because we had the big matchup between Bob Ollinger and Galapender Sean, who John Jonil Jr. said was his uh, horse to watch for the week. And he was. Came into the home bend and fell. Was it the second last? Or was it, was it the last? last? It was the last. No, I think it was second last. Was it? Yeah. The last. It was the it the last? last? It was. Um, I've tried to erase that from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, what what we all... I mean, there's, there's not really much to say on the race. Basically, Gallup and Deshaun is a lot better mm. at uh, jumping fences than Bob Ollinger. Uh, Bob Ollinger was out on his feet at the end of the race, mm. properly. Um, that was probably the big talking point. And then we had Huey Morrison picking up the Pertump final, uh, which was very exciting. Alaho, some people say the best jumper in training. I'm not so sure. Uh, won that sort of walk over Ryanair. And then uh, we had Flooring Porter, which apparently had the best celebration of the week. Uh, it, was an awesome, it was an awesome day. What do you mean the best celebration of the week? Well, apparently the owners were very happy. In the oh, oh, day. Yeah. They were sort of the, shouting, all those like, horses take me all. All those horses just go beat each other. So it's a bit of a, like, a pointless division, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. What, Jim, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, the attempts was three seconds quicker than the stairs, which happens every year. It says it's quite a tactical race. Um, and it's just a great ride by Danny Mullins. Um, you, you know, as soon as Classical Dream, who, who had previously taken on Ford Porter yeah. for Christmas, didn't go from the front, you kind of knew that Ford Porter was going to win because he just had, you know, complete control. He stacked them up and then quickened again. Um, and it was just, it was a great ride, it but was it was also ride. quite an easy, a good, easy ride to, you know, get right because he didn't have any competition. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. uh, how well did Paisley Park stay on right at the end? I mean, he always does, yeah. but uh, yeah, 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 more yeah. notably so than, than even before. I mean, it was, it was a serious performance to finish third. I still think he finished second. I'm not sure what happened in the photo finish, but um, yeah, that was, a, that was an awesome race. Yeah. Cool Cody. Cheltenham specialist. Oh, God, <laughs> God. How, how did we miss that? So annoying, mate. You just can't. If you, you, you're so lucky if you catch Cool Cody on a good day. Yeah, it's just like it's infuriating. And I, 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 you know, I sort of view myself as a bit of a two-mile, four-furlong uh, handicap chase specialist. Uh, and I had Imperial Xar at better prices uh, for the win, and then Spirit of the Games as a place bet. So we didn't do badly at the race, but um, just so annoying because obviously when it goes and happens, Cool Cody was the obvious choice yeah. because you know he loves it round Cheltenham and you can get his way. I'll tell you what, if if you back if you backed Cool Cody blind for the last two seasons, you would be up quite significantly. He's won at thirteen to two, ten to one, twelve to one, and twenty two to one in about really interesting twelve twelve starts. Since joining Evan Williams, he joined Evan Williams in the summer of 2020. He hasn't missed a Cheltenham fixture. He hasn't missed a single one. Really? Um, and it's amazing because, like, like I was saying earlier, like, like he's won at every Cheltenham fixture. You couldn't find a more exposed horse. Like, you you literally couldn't find a horse less trying to hide behind like some random mark. You know, getting pulled up and stuff. Like he was an 11 year old of 145, which is higher than his winning mark. And it just shows, I was talking about with Global Citizen, there's just a, 
a weird myth, especially in the handicap chases, that in order to win, you need to be a Stonewell in. And you you actually just don't, you need to run well and be uncomplicated and just do everything right on the day. Yeah. Um, And if you watch these handicap chases back, you see a lot of well handicapped horses ruin their chance with mistakes, like we're talking about embittered, or they just get themselves in the wrong position in the race. Um, And I thought it was a great ride ride by Adam Wedge because he kind of turning around the bend. He, uh, he got headed and he looked like he was weakening, but he switched in white, um, which kind of allowed him to kind of get, you know, a second wind and run on really well. It was, it was just a great run. Um, and, you know, with, I think with the, not, with the handicap hurdles, when you, it's because it's very difficult to handicap a novice hurdle when they've had two runs or one run or three runs. It's difficult to put a handicap mark on that, especially when they're improving, like, for example, state man. Mm. Um, who won the county um but with these two and a half three mile handicap chases maybe cool has been running about four or five seasons over fences you know how good he is and and, and like spirit of the games in third he's a 10 year old yeah uh, and also like what last year when um after the calamity um like the, the nightmare children that we had the bha sat down and one of their methods was to drop older horses a lot quicker um, down the weights and it's just interesting you know global citizen won the grand annual is 10 um cool cody was 11 who won um spirit of the game is obviously in third at 10 um it's just, you know, a lot of older yeah, horses yeah. came before this year which which hasn't happened at all recently yeah that's an interesting point actually uh, really i still think the handicapper has a lot of work to do i mean the irish are always going to complain because their handicap marks when they come over get bumped up um and still you'll have these willie mullins grade one horses running in handicaps and they're you know gonna win basically as long as they don't lose their head Mm. Uh, so he's got a nightmare job on his hands um but that's definitely an interesting observation um for sure following that though love envoy against one of the hype horses of the week dino blue who basically just did not show up um love envoy also entered it at fairy house at the end of the season in the grade one there she looks like a pretty interesting prospect uh yeah uh good for harry fire to get a winner um i think he's very excited about her dina blue you know another one of these one run bolted up good time got on very heavy ground and i think it came to shout them one thing that i'm furious about is that dan didn't run la bell because i thought that was an absolute shoe in for the race i know it's only yeah. two miles but it's two mile one and it's it, it, it's on the um the new course or the old course or whatever. And that, the, the one with the- that champion bumper form from last year as well with Sagohard and even Kilcrook coming coming third in the Supreme. Like that's actually turning out to be pretty good form. And LA Bell was, I think she was fourth in the champion she's bumper third. last year. Was she third? Yeah, three sharp live kept fourth. It's, um, it's, you know, it's turning out to be pretty strong form that. They, yeah. They seem um, like a good, good one line. Banks. Yeah, she, she, I think she would have got incredibly close yeah um but but she's I, I would have thought that they probably have got another day up their sleeve maybe maybe something entry yeah i think that's that's the target um so probably one to watch uh for our listeners out there la bell at aintree thursday finished off by sean bard winning uh at 40 to 1 a great winner to close off the day for the brits friday which was Gold Cup Day. Probably one of the best days of weather in the year so far. Both of you guys were there. 
Um, and the day was kicked off with Rich Richie's hype horse, Vauban, who went off 6-4 favourite and won pretty comfortably in a race where a lot of people were trying to tip up other horses. Um, it also started off a, a basically the perfect day for punters as they all loaded up on the, the Mullins double when Stateman went in on the 210. And Aplutard crowned an amazing couple of years for Rachel Blackmore. I feel like she didn't really get, she got a lot of credit last year, but without the crowds there to celebrate her success, it was so nice for her to to ride in Aplutard on the um, into the winners' enclosure. So it was a really special day. What really took your eye on the day? Any any performances? I mean, maybe we should start with Aplutard. Um, yeah, Aplutard ran amazingly well. I've I, I've never seen a horse in a Gold Cup hit a line, hit the line stronger. Um, and I actually went back and and put put Aplutard's run next to a couple a couple others from from the last fence, which which is just before the last hurdle. Um, Aplutard's was quicker by not much, but by uh, 0.4 seconds than Stateman. Now Stateman was carrying nine pounds less and running in a two mile handicap hurdle. Aplutard running in a three-mile two-foot on chase and also jumping a fence is a lot more energy than jumping a hurdle. And Aplutard was quicker to the line than State Man. I mean, we know this horse has got good form. It beat Shaq and Mosswai over two miles. Um, it, it won the novice handicap chase, came third in the Ryanair. Um, but it, 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 it was, I, I was mesmerised about how quickly, um, if you just watch it from the last last fence to the line. That, um, it, and, and I think that... You know, it's only going to be nine next year. It's got every chance of um, going back to back. 100%. And I think one thing which we didn't really appreciate enough was that Henry de Bromhead's horses were not running well during the festival. Without Galopin de Champ falling, Bob Ollinger wouldn't have won. He would have been coming into Gold Cup Day with a 6% strike rate in the two weeks leading up to that race, which is which is crazy. The only winner he'd had was Honeysuckle. Mm who was basically a shoo-in to win that race. So, you know, mark up Aputard's performance potentially. But I think that definitely that definitely says a lot about that horse and, you know, how he's basically just an anomaly. He's a freak. Mm, mm. No, I, I agree with everything that's been said. I think um, Aputard's a lovely horse. Want to give a mention, obviously, to uh, actually to Protectorat in third. Ran a big race Yeah, um, for the... For the Mawson guys, uh, Fergie, sa- yeah, yeah, and sale, sale lads, it's the sale lads. Uh, yeah, 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 it is. Um, so that was a good run as well, and like fair enough to Manella Indo, who you know didn't run a bad race, but it was a great Gold Cup. And the day, like Jim, I think you can agree, like the atmosphere on the day was really good, wasn't it? I mean, sun was shining, sort of everyone. It makes a big difference when the sun's shining because obviously no one hides away. Well, people are still in the bars, obviously, but like. People actually go out onto trackside to watch the races because it's such a nice day. Um, so it does make a difference, sort of, to to the to the ambience. I think. Yeah, I can only imagine. I was very envious of you guys there, uh, State Man. That was as John Joe told us. I think sadly, after we stopped recording, uh, wherever State Man goes, he wins. Mm. Uh, Paul Townend gave him the safest ride I've ever seen a jockey give a horse. Like you literally just knew that he knew he was on a good thing and he won pretty impressively. Vauban was very good. Um, were there any notable eye catchers for you guys in, in those two races? 
Uh, if if G- not, then Jim? don't worry. Tim, do you want to go? Yeah, um, in the county, I thought that... Um, West Cork, you're going to say West Cork. Yeah, I mean, I bet West Cork ran okay, um, ran fine, didn't run... I didn't Colonel Mustard, definitely want to keep on side for next time. Um, that Kennelgate form, which the John Bond won in, in December, is working out really well. Colonel Mustard was second. I like to move it. He won the... Um, well, basically, the basically won the Betfair hurdle was in fifth. Uh, La Bell was in third, who won the Sydney Banks. Working that, that that's looking like good form. Yeah, Colin Mars was second that day. First ever start on a handicap and getting chucked in a you know twenty four on a handicap. Um, it's got decent form uh, behind others. Um, grade one horses. Yeah, I, th- I think that that could go well next time. Um, and and but, great, great for a smaller trainer like that, like Lorna Fowler. To have a you know a runner in that race, I'm surprised that the horse went off thirteen to two. Usually, you see, you know, especially at Cheltenham, punters turn up. They're like, "Well, who's that?" I thought Willie Mullins and Nicky Henderson trained horses here. Uh, so, I mean, if that was trained by by Mullins and State Man wasn't in the race, you would have thought it would have got a very short favourite. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that was it. That was a proper run. Let's tackle the uh, the fox hunters. Maybe we shouldn't spend too much time on it. Uh, obviously, our friend George Chatterton was was riding. Great sit at the first. Yeah, yeah. Thank God as well, because um, it would have been a bit of a dark moment if he'd fallen off at the first, yeah. I would say. Also, the added pressure, um, we were talking on the day, he he very kindly drove me up to, to, the, to the course. Um, and apparently all his bosses were there from work, <laughs> and, they, and they'd all lumped on him. Uh, well, he didn't know that at the time, but I work with one of his boss's sons, um, and he told me after the event that um, that all, all all of them had lumped on George, so they would have been pretty disappointed. He was worried he was going to get fired. Basically, that's why the Rothschild share price plummeted on Friday <laughs> on Friday afternoon. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but but to be fair, sorry, I was just going to say quickly. Um, what five horses finished that race? Like six. Six. I mean, it looked absolutely brutal. The ground conditions were, you know, just really tacky ground. But you, you do, you do have like one fifty rated horses running against. Yeah, I think the lowest one was like one ten or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it is a weird one. The, well, it's um, no longer an amateur race as well, is it really? Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got um you've got um well Jamie Patrick, Paul, Patrick, Patrick Mullins, you got Patrick Mullins yeah. who was who was riding grade 1 winners on the Tuesday or or the Wednesday yeah and then he's going to the Fox Hunters. it's a bit of a joke isn't it it is it is but also good fun for the young riders to be able to ride against guys like that uh and great for Billaway to win and it was an exciting one uh and a good one for favorite backers as well not punters favorite backers yeah there's a <laughs> distinction <laughs> um Ellie May very impressive I, uh, she was a massive hype it, horse. Uh, was it last year at the festival? Yeah, she yeah. came second to Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went yeah, off that. a short price favourite, right? Yeah. Um, but it was it was a good race that, and actually she uh, she really went for it after the last uh, when looking kind of beat, and I was pretty happy because I've been tipped her by someone. Yeah, I thought Zambello ran really well in that race. Yeah. Um, who prefers off the ground? Um, and came fourth, jumps, jumps beautifully. Um, and I think she's only seven as well. The first three home are all eight. Um, so if she gets off the ground and you look into the spring, so she's probably not going to get it soon. But if you ever remember next year, it's off ground at Cheltenham in the Mayor's Chase, and she turns up, <laughs> I wouldn't put you off her. 
Definitely. Uh, I'd also be quite impressed if anyone to remember that <laughs> for a year's time. But no, we'll, we'll remind people as soon as it's time. Yeah. Um, that kind of finishes our analysis of the racing. We'll deep. just quickly say what were your guys' favourite moments overall from the week? Charlie, we'll start with you. That's actually quite a tricky one. Uh, there were a lot of good moments. I want. I want to be. I'm inclined to say Constitution Hill first race, though that might be a bit boring. Um, but it seemed a bit like vindication, you know, just having that horse win and win so impressively. Uh, just sort of vindicated everything that we've been saying over the over the past few months, which is always quite satisfying. Um, though he may have not have performed optimally uh seeing seeing my mate ride at, at, at the festival on gold cup day was also a really cool experience so got to put that up there as well um but yeah constitution hill for me i think that was just like the standout of of the week obviously jamie um i think my favorite moment of the week probably quite negatively was seeing gaelic warrior get beat um <laughs> it's just everything i hate in a horse um, and it went off 13 to 8 for a 23 runner handicap, four year old handicap, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, and it, it was obviously about two stone well in, having yeah. jumped so badly right and still pretty much won. But, you know, it's just everything I'm never going to back. And yeah. I was happy to, after a couple of favourites went, and I was happy to see it lose. Yeah. And and also, we tipped Brazil in that race, which is also. Did you? Yeah, yeah. we did. We did. So it's dark. It's dark. You must be gassing it. Yeah. What were your guys' worst moments of the week? Worst oh. moment. Oh, well, it's probably my best moment as well. Same one, the same <laughs> that George has raced. <laughs> like, <laughs> bittersweet. Yeah, it was. It's bittersweet. It was. It was great. It was really cool. But at the same time, he got pulled up, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> you know. Um. So that, yeah, that was a disappointment. Was there anything else really disappointing? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I thought like generally. Oh yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. God, Jim, yeah. tell the story for that. Langadam is the horse I've been waiting for and, and scheming for for about six months. Back to the 16s, 10s, 8s, 6s, 5s, 4s, whatever. Um, and, you know, everyone knows the story. It's not really the clever bet. It came second last year to Gallop in the Champ, who's a great one horse. Um, and and they've laid him out for the year, the race all year, um, gave him a prep run at Taunton, get him fit. And, um, and look, there, and having watched the race as well, you know, he got brought down of all the ways for horses to go, a horse to go, you know, pulled up, you know, maybe you weren't on a going day, got beat, you're not good enough, you're full, you're bad at jumping, but to get brought down, you know, yeah. it's nothing to do with you. Um, and, you know, having watched the race, I mean, a horse that came second, Cobbler's Dream, had already won two handicaps this season, the Lanzarote, and, you know, there was no handicap lot in there. There was no grade one horse in the handicap. There was no gallop in the champ. Um, and the time was terrible. It it would it would have bolted up, um, yeah. and it's just a it's a, it was a big shame for me. I was. It's always to... sickening the last the last race of the festival as well. That just makes it even yeah. worse. I was it? I was waiting all week for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough. I'd say my my worst one first was probably Gallop and Deschamps falling. Yeah, because uh, I really fancied that to win, and then also Jinto. Uh, was was a very sad story because that horse looked for by all means that it was going to win win strongly and have a exciting career and to um break down uh as he did that was that was pretty tough to watch mm. um yeah 
but you know that that is that you know the highs and lows of of horse racing sort of epitomized in that and also the last half an hour yeah. like you know we've i could i could sit here and talk about it for another hour and a half yeah. i'm i'm sure our listeners would probably just switch it off <laughs> maybe there's a couple of them would keep on listening but uh, yeah, it really was an epic week. I, I do just want to ask, Jamie, have you got anything for our listeners going for? Obviously, there's not much of the jump season left, but have you got anything moving forward um, for the rest of the season? Yeah, um, I mean, look, obviously, you, you've got to wait for the day of the race and, and see the conditions, et cetera, et cetera. But um, for the Grand National, I quite like Kildas Arts, who um, came second in the Ultima and then won at a three-mile handicap at Aintree off a mark 148. He's been lightly campaigned since, haven't been injured, uh, but he's back down to exactly the same mark of 148. He's a 10-year-old, um, which is perfect for the race, um, and he had a camp comeback run in March um, over 2-4, an inadequate trip, and he ran perfectly. Uh, he's 40-1. to one, and, um, I, He's definitely been on my shortlist. And then, you know, just anything we've, we've mentioned throughout the podcast, when Elliot Bell goes, as long as it's not over, a, you know, a flat two miles on, on quick ground, if it's just a little bit, two and a half miles probably, uh, she will win uh, any mares race she wants to. Oh, I love um, that. That confidence is good. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's mares, you know, and it's got to be two and a half. If it's two miles on quick ground, maybe not. But as long as it's uh, over than that or on softer ground, she'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's about it. I love that. Cheltenham 2022. We'll say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Cheltenham 2023. An we're, exciting prospect. Yeah. We're coming for you. Uh, Jamie. Thank you so much oh, no, for joining us. There's one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> he's staying. No, um, Jamie just said before he came on air that he's got, uh, obviously, we're moving over to the flat, uh, you know, which is very exciting for both me and Tris. And I don't know, Jamie, you jumps or flat more? You're kind of jumps more, I'd suggest. I'm more jumps, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you like a bit of flat nonetheless. I like a bit of flat, not the uh, And you intimated that you may have a have a nice little bet in the in the lincoln so why don't you give your case here yeah well before the link i think gareth should win nice. his record after 50 plus day break is one two one one and half of these are handicappers um be able to serve just another bottle um on the match but in the lincoln um you know look, there's a couple at the top of the market that could be great one horses you know recently it has kind of gone to that profile like a dave and hikiki and stuff but if it doesn't, I thought that uh, Amethyst was really interesting. Uh, the Lincolns kind of tend to go on to quite a young horse, you know, who, who's won a novice or a maiden, maybe a class two handicap um, and a high draw. And Amethyst kind of fits, fits that bill perfectly. Um, interestingly, the Lincolns always go on to a fresh horse unless it's, uh, they've raced at Maidan. Um, so I wouldn't be worried about horses being fit or, or you know, fancy a horse like Notre Bella Bell just because it's race on the weather. Mm. Um, it's drawn to all 13. Haggis won the race in 2018 with Dave. Um, on its first ever start, Amethyst came third behind Hikiki, who won last year's Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. Um, over seven furlongs and good firm ground at Yarmouth. Yarmouth's a pretty flat track. It, actually, the last kind of half final was a bit down, downhill. Yeah. Um, and on the good to firm ground over seven furlongs, I think it was just a bit too much about speed. And the, the, you know, the racing post description says ran on well inside final furlong nearest finish. Yeah. yeah. Um, suggesting a more sufficient test of stamina would suit. Um, and like I said, Hikiki won last year's Lincoln. Amethyst then won a maiden and a novice before collecting class three and class two handicap at Newmarket, off a mark of 90. And after two below par runs, he bounced back with a third in the Cambridgeshire, 
which is one mile, one furlong on good firm grounds. Um, and it does look like that he might benefit from a drop back to one mile, especially if it's easier, a slightly easier ground. It's uh, good to soft um, predicted. I think it will be more like good, but it was good to firm the Cambridge show. So I think that'd be perfect. Um, and in a big field and a good draw, um, I think it'll go well. And last season, you know, from his two-year-old to his three-year-old season, he had a 314-day break and, and one first time out. So he obviously goes well fresh. Um, and, you know, he's 16 to one, five places. You know, I, I'd just rather have a better him. If, if some, if, you know, if modern news or, you know, the other haggis always comes out and bolts up, yeah. you know, fans. But um, I'd rather have a small each-way play on uh, Amethyst. I think that's sensible. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, we're looking forward to tackling that race after the break. Uh, we'll say goodbye to Jamie for now. Uh, it's been great to have you on again, our Cheltenham specialist, and can't wait to be uh, looking forward to the jumps next season. We'll definitely yeah. be back on. Uh, Jamie, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a lot for having me on again, guys, especially after the uh, calamity of the first, the first round tips. Uh, <laughs> You're always welcome on the Midas touches, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, t- I'm not telling much to go on with uh, Dostal Phil. But, uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Cheers, thanks, mate. Jamie. the Midas touches great to have Jamie on there such a lovely guy wise head on young shoulders also another thing just for listeners he probably probably seems as though he's like reading off a screen or something or reading off his notes but he's actually just doing that all off the top of his head which is unbelievable you know he's just sort of quoting official ratings off the top of his head I mean it's, it's just like really impressive um yeah, great insight. A uh, few horses to watch. LA Bell, very excited about that one. Just had confirmation actually that, or well, Dan Skelton was quoted saying that she goes for a, for a um, two and a half mile race. So all aboard that that one. Put it in your notebooks. Yeah. Um, right. Time to move on to one of the most exciting times of the year it's the start of the flat season and we're back at Doncaster and the Curra for the Lincoln meeting we're going to start the Saturday by looking at the 150 the SBK Camage Trophy which is a listed race uh, over six furlongs at the moment Garris heads the market at two to one Diligent Harry five to two, Bielsa eleven to two. Uh, we'll just leave the odds there. But I would like your opinion on this race. You had quite a strong opinion before Dex. Has it changed? Well, yeah, it has changed because my horse has been withdrawn, so <laughs> I won't be putting out. But I was quite annoyed actually because I had what I thought was quite a strong selection in Edge to Lob, uh for this race. Who had actually some really good form over in Maidan, fun enough, um, in behind uh, Man of Promise, who goes for the Alquaz, who was favourite for the Alquaz, in fact, a, a group one. Um, and also Eastern World, who is going for the for the Golden Shaheen, uh, another group one as well. Uh, I mean, isn't like isn't favourite for that, but still, that, that form is really strong. 
coming back here, race fits. I thought would have probably probably won personally, but he actually well, he is going to Kempton on the same day, uh, taking on another who is meant to be in this in Royal Crusade. So I probably fancy him for that race, um, though I haven't looked at that race in particular in as much depth. But I think he's got a win in him. Yeah. Uh, on to my actual selection for this. Uh, well, it was quite. The race was sort of ruined a bit by Dex, in my opinion, though Garris remains in there and obviously got Dillard and Harry, who's a good horse, and then Bielsa. I'm actually going to put up tentatively Bielsa. Um, Stott and Ryan are together in really good form at the moment. Uh, not having many runners, but but um, striking at 40%. So that is definitely a positive for them. I think Bielsa, I mean... He's always a horse, well, I think famously he's probably a horse that goes off favourite for races and then never wins them. But by the same token, he rarely ever runs badly. So, yeah, I tentatively, tentatively have him. He's got a bit of course and distance form here. Uh, he's won twice at the, at the track um, over the distance. So, yeah, a tentative selection. I mean, I could probably see Gareth win. Gareth goes well fresh. Um, which I think Jamie mentioned, but uh, yeah, I yeah, I'll just put up Bielsa, but I know I think you probably have a, a stronger selection in this, so I'll hand over to you. Yeah, I'm really strong and diligent, Harry. I think he's going to be a proper proper sprinter this this year. This is a listed race, and I think it's a great starting point for him. Um, you know, there's a few question marks against other in the field. Uh, it's going to be good soft ground. Mosolita prefers heavy. Garris, I'm not sure. Charles Hills hasn't had a winner for 22 days. And I just don't know. I mean, fine. It's 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 not the most consistent horse. Uh, yeah, it goes well fresh, but uh, two to one favorite. I'm not sure. I'd rather have the the exciting horse in the field, which is Diligent Harry. Um, seriously good form behind Rohan, who we know has performed well uh, in in the top level. Uh, beat Mighty Gurkha, who's another good performer uh, on the all weather, where Diligent Harry beat him. Then third behind Chilchil, who won uh, a grade one at, at York last year. Second behind Happy Romance, who goes in that sprint out in Maidan. Uh, and then uh, a bad run against Fadrim at, at the end of the season, but on soft ground, which I don't think he's suited towards. Clive Cox uh, can get them ready. There's been money since Dex for this one. Uh, and I would say that actually he's going to be a sprinter that, that everyone should keep an eye on this season. Ones, who sh- ones who've shown good form as three-year-olds um, racing against older horses with that slight bit of extra experience i think uh diligent harry is going to be a great horse this season and i'm very excited to see him run on saturday uh let's move on three o'clock four runner field chindit leads the market 11 to eight eight to 11 royal champion 10 to three busala four to one tempest 16 i'll start i think tempest <laughs> If you're going to back anything in this race, you back Tempest. Outside of the field. Royal Champions barely run. Roger Vera is in very good form. 44% strike rate at the moment. Um, but last run came ninth. Uh, admittedly, when Hurricane Lane was running the race. But uh, Busala also, you know, kind of untapped potential. I'd rather have Tempest, six-year-old. You're probably going to get a bit more consistency. Still lightly raced. Uh, what used to be owned by Khaled Abdullah. Since going to Archie Watson, had one run at Newcastle um, where he won convincingly, convincingly, and then at Southern on the new track, 
there where he came sixth having led and then basically folded which can happen my thinking is that basically he's run well when the conditions have been kind of reasonable and we're going to get kind of reasonable conditions on saturday so i would have thought 16 to 1 you know if you have a a, a tiny win bet on him you know what's the worst that could happen mm. i like your angle there to be fair i think my view on the race is that Chindit could probably win. He's got course and distance form. Um, actually really likes it around here. He's won both his starts here. Uh, but he's been a bit of a disappointment as a horse. So I wouldn't want to back him at, at odds on. Uh, Royal champion. <clears throat> I remember on uh, at the Craven meeting last year, went to the field and stakes and was a really well fancied horse that day i think they thought quite a lot of this horse clearly hasn't sort of uh done too much since though as you mentioned hasn't really run since either so or run a lot since either so uh, it's a bit of a disappointment of a field for me i'm happy to leave it but i like your angle always you know you should really back the the outsider of a four runner race shouldn't you that's what i would say so yeah three o'clock done i think we might actually have some pretty strong selections in those two i'm feeling bullish <laughs> i don't know if that's just because of the fact that it's the first flat meeting of the year in britain but i'm feeling bullish we're gonna feel less bullish after this weekend i feel yeah which is why uh i'm gonna leave it to you on this one i've got no strong selection all i would say is that uh i would not be backing mujtaba just because it's kind of too short and those get beat the whole time um amethyst very interesting uh jamie obviously put it put it up earlier and yeah other than that i don't really have a strong opinion so i'm gonna let you go yeah well you'll be glad to say i'm not backing mojtaba but yeah i mean jamie i think touched upon it in a in a sense earlier i, like, I really I well, I personally just don't like these races for for when they have those unexposed types that could be anything. Like I'm happy to go see him win, but I'm not going to be backing them. Like Mustafa could win, great, could be a Group One horse, fantastic. We'll we'll see him later in the year winning, you know, doing cartwheels in a Group One, um, and that's fine by me. But I'd rather, from a punting perspective, I'd rather have a bet on something that has form. You know, there's form in the book. You can you can go on something. So <laughs> I'm gonna really tentatively put up uh, Hortzadar in this race, who, in fact, was third in the race last year, off seven pounds higher, which obviously is quite a lot. Uh, I mean, admittedly, that day was sixty six to one, so it was a bit of a shock that he he ran into the places. Um, but yeah, as I say, seven pounds lower this year four pounds lower than his last winning mark um he certainly won't mind the distance uh or the course he that race last year uh, he recorded his highest rpr um which is always a plus for me uh he has won before when fresh as well so uh, i don't i really don't mind that angle um i would be slightly concerned about David Amaro's form maybe but um, it's the, you know the flat scene's only getting yeah, and started. You're, you're kind of getting compensation in the price because of that as well I think yeah I mean I see 28 here is there anything bigger yeah in best price 40s okay because yeah I'd like 
yeah 40s would be a nice price for this horse like, i think 40s is overpriced basically yeah. because you've got brunch in there off at 12 to 1 ish yeah um he was running off a four pound higher mark was second in the race last year um so essentially there there's, i love there's, this there's, bet, there's, there's, there's an 11 pound it. there's an 11 pound swing in the weights between those two yeah and the price doesn't represent that in the slightest it's so good uh, and admit, like, look, Brunch has won a list of races since, so actually, you could suggest Brunch has been improving. But I'd like to take the value there, if possible. And so I'm going to put this one up at, yeah, 40 to 1. Let's do it. Let's God, do it. That's so good. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Um, okay. Then we've got three winners there at, at Doncaster. I'm, pre- I'm pretty confident of that. Um, there's also quite big racing going on in Dubai. I've only got one tip, which would be Alderford in the first the opener there uh i i thought he was really impressive beating desert wisdom and when he also beat atlantic sky the time before that absolutely bolted up but most recently second by hot rod charlie mm. who was third uh now second in the kentucky, kentucky derby mm. after um medina spirit was disqualified uh alniford also has the inside draw there which we know on the dirt is is always quite significant uh five to two is a nice price and you know i i think that one will probably go in and start the day off in, in style we've got some pretty interesting british horses going out there including yabir who goes in the um shima classic yeah um obviously one on that huge weekend for Charlie Appleby at the back end of the summer when he had about four grade one winners uh, across the pond. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to be a great race. I think the big talking point is Japanese runners. It feels like there's been a huge um, sort of uplift in, in really high quality Japanese horses winning these big races in Dubai. And they, you know, they're dominating the market in a lot of these top races yeah i can't say like can't pretend to know too much about the ownership out there but this sunday racing co who will own um schnell meister or house schnell meister um and 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 torquato tasso yeah exactly exactly that's what i mean oh i see so you know i don't know is is this a big syndicate i don't really know how it works I, i mean i honestly don't know how it works but like quite cool that they've got all these horses running in group ones around the world if it is a syndicate yeah like, you know they're clearly doing something right if you're listening hit us up we'd let, love to hear from you let us know how it works um yeah alan Kerr, i feel in the shima classic is potentially slightly uh overpriced at eight to one having beaten lord north last time mohafeth has been a lot of talk about that one in the uh dubai turf yeah uh, sorry, Saffron Alan Beach Kerr. is also going in that, which you'll be quite excited about. Uh, Alan Kerr was also second behind Mishriff in the Judmont, so like, you know, it's a good horse, right? Yeah. yeah, I think I think he's quite consistently overpriced. Really, everyone tends to think that he's just a mudlark, but I think he does have a bit of class about him as well. Yeah. Also, if he's a mudlark, he probably would have done better in the <laughs> in the arc. Yeah, uh, but no, my actually one of well, I've got two things to say. On, Lord Glitters on no, I love <laughs> Lord Glitters obviously, but if anyone follows us on Twitter, I t- tip Lord Glitters um, in Bahrain in Bahrain at forty to one. So 
Um, you're welcome. Uh, but no, I think, well, Monobo is that I think a win, but like that horse is just sort of subtly becoming a beast of a horse. Yeah. Like very under the radar, but that horse just keeps winning. Yeah. And maybe because it's over the longer distances, but still that's pretty, pretty impressive. And then uh, the race of the day on that card for me has got to be the Alquaz, the sprint. You've got uh, Man of Promise against Creative Force, which I think will be a really good matchup. Man of Promise, I'm not going to lie, I said last time out, I was like, this horse surely doesn't win. You, you've got a case of you who's a really good like Brit- Irish sprinter uh, for Ado McGuinness. Sure, surely, surely he wins that type of race. But then I obviously forgot that they drugged their horses in Dubai. So <laughs> like, they give them jungle juice. Yeah, the the horses who actually would be shit at you know in Brit- Britain, are unbelievable somehow in Dubai. Yeah, you know, don't ask me how that happens, but we can sort of draw some conclusions. Um, so yeah, that would be an interesting race, and I think you know there are a few others in that market that that could be interesting. Uh, I don't have anything massively. It was a shame that Acclam Express hasn't ha- hasn't been given the chance to uh, to run. I know. I Al, saw Mar- Al Russell. What are you doing? Yeah. Well. Well. No. No. It was actually. It, it's the. Um, it's the uh, supreme ruler himself. I think who, who, who denied Acclam the chance of running. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> Mike Spence was saying on Twitter that, you know, he should have been given the chance to run. He ran very well in the in the lead up to it last year. He then was placed. He was placed out in Medan on on his return. And he's not been allowed to run, which is a real shame. Uh, and I feel for connections because there's 666 grand to the winner. So I think you pick up about 200 grand for coming third, uh, which Aclam Express had a great chance of doing because he you know, did it last year and is now a year mm-hmm. older. Um, but yeah, that that's the hard luck story for me in that race, just because he's not allowed to run. But it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm definitely more excited about the action on this side of the um uh our the channel yes. i mean kind of yeah yeah but really loosely yeah um i i really agree with that point by the way just quickly um i'm way more excited about the racing but i know it's all group ones out there but i don't really care that much i really don't i th- i don't understand why people get so excited about like the Dubai World Cup and stuff, I would definitely watch it. But <laughs> like, it it's not as exciting as people think. You know, load load of Group Ones, but I don't I don't really care is the answer. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. I'd rather watch a big handicap at Doncaster. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think that's enough for today. We've covered the whole of the Cheltenham Festival, and we've looked forward to the racing at Doncaster and Maidan this weekend it's it's a it's a hell of a a season we've got ahead of us it's been a hell of a jump season so far still got lots to go uh in both fields and yeah i'm very excited anything else to to tie up on your side no no just want to wish everyone good luck if you've got any bets on uh and please watch the racing because it's some exciting action this weekend yeah um as always it's been great hope you guys have enjoyed listening to what's been yeah slightly longer than usual we appreciate um but it will be back to normal service next week when hopefully we'll be having uh, safi osborne and david egan join us for a uh, couples questionnaire 
Uh, that's all from us for now. Uh, it's a bye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. <laughs>